Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. We're in week two of In Pursuit of Purpose. Week two of In Pursuit of Purpose. So let me start with the scripture this morning, Acts chapter 20, verse 22 to 24. It says, And now I am bound by the Spirit, this is Paul speaking, to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Groot. I just said Groot. I don't know why. I think I was trying to say great and cool. So Groot, everybody. Um, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Lord God, we just come to you. This morning, and we thank you that you are here and that, Lord, you are right in the midst of us. And, Lord, you don't just leave us where we are, but you take us onward and upward. You take us from strength to strength. Lord, we are those whose hearts are set on doing your will and doing your work. So we ask that you would, Lord, help us to see the unique purpose that you have for our life through this series in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Where we're going to look this morning at uh, this continuation of In Pursuit of Purpose. Now, you might say, well, I know my life's purpose. I know what it is already. Well, maybe you just need to work out what it is in this season and what that looks like in this season. You might say, well, Brian, I know what it is in this season already. You might need to work out what it is for each of the five spokes of your life, of your relationship with God, your relationship with others, your health, your work. And a fifth one that is probably the most important one, and we'll examine that in another week. Um, but uh, we're going to look at all of those things. But the first thing that we're going to look at this morning is something called the Spirit's prompting, the Spirit's prompting. In the examples that we looked at last week, six examples of people who were interrupted with a purpose for God, they all had this going on in their lives, whether they knew it, whether it was miraculous and outstanding and appearing to them, or whether it was something that was rising up within them, they all had the Spirit's prompting. There was Joseph who had a dream. And he, he outworked that and it looked very different to what it originally was, but it was a spirit prompting him that this was more than just a dream. We had Moses who was interrupted with the burning bush in the desert and there was a spirit prompting attached to that, which was incredibly evident. There was Nehemiah who had this burden going on in his heart and it was evident that the spirit was prompting him to act on it. Also Esther, she had a report and the spirit got a hold of her and prompted her to have a response to that report. We had Samuel with a voice Um, speaking to him, an obvious spirit prompting. And Paul had his visitation from Jesus Christ himself and the spirit prompted him to act on that. So we want to be aware of the spirit's prompting. Now, I know that there's a spectrum in this room and those joining us. There's those who who said, the spirit's prompting, she's about to to talk about the Holy Spirit and you grabbed the hands of the person next to you and you did not care about COVID at all and spat in their face, she's about to talk about the Holy Spirit because every time the Holy Spirit's mentioned, you get so excited. Maybe not in this room, but maybe online. (laughs) And then there's all the other way down the other end of the spectrum where it's Acts 19 and and you're like with, with Paul in Ephesus, where you say, well, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. I understand, and that's okay too, that there's that spectrum of people in the room. Those who haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit and those who are so excited about the Holy Spirit every time he's mentioned. So we want to cover that gamut. And just let me give you a brief overview. Obviously, you know, classes are taught about the theology of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to do that here this morning. But let me tell you, 
that the Holy Spirit is God. God is the Father, God is the Son, and God is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the person and the presence of God. Before Jesus came, the Holy Spirit would come and rest on a person for a season or for a purpose. But since Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he said to his disciples, I'm going to give you my spirit, and the spirit will lead you into all truth. Now, Jesus is the truth. Jesus is truth. So he's going to lead us into, into Jesus further and further. That's his foremost occupation is to lead all of us into a knowledge of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. But he also leads us into truth about who we are in light of who Jesus is and how we fit in the world that we live in. So the Holy Spirit and his prompting is vitally important for a Christian who wants to discover their purpose. And if you've never heard of the Holy Spirit, that's okay because the people in Ephesus in Acts chapter 19 hadn't either and they were able to experience the Holy Spirit and have him dwell in them. And you can do that this morning too if you decide to follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit's prompting. So don't, if you like, I, thank you for explaining that, Brom. I don't get it. Um, that's okay. Just, just stay listening. And maybe just come up and ask me about it after the service. I'd be more than happy to talk with you more about the Holy Spirit. Or maybe if you're here with someone who's a bit further down the road from you, just ask them, can you explain to me more about the Holy Spirit after this? And I'm sure they'd be glad to. You maybe don't want to grab the person who's going to tell you five weird God stories in quick succession about the Holy Spirit. You might just get a bit more confused, but choose your person wisely. I'm going to read you a scripture from Luke chapter 2 and verse 22 about the Holy Spirit and a man called Simeon. So he, he, this is before Jesus died and raised from the grave and sent his Holy Spirit to the Christians. But this is a, a scripture where the Holy Spirit is jam-packed in every activity that this man has. I'm going to read verse 22. It says this. It's about Jesus going to the temple for um, the ritual purification of a baby. When the, law, no, when the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. So they're just following the law of the Lord as they go about their business, the pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Christ and moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So here we have a man called Simeon who has a burden in his heart to see Israel restored, to see the people of God reconciled to God. And that burden, you can bet, was placed on his heart by the Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit has come on him at that particular time to see Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit told him at that particular time to go to the temple so that he would be able to hold Jesus. And then he's like, take me now, Lord. I'm ready to go because you've achieved what I wanted you to in my life. And I'm, I now see that you're going to achieve everything that you've said. So as it relates to your purpose, you can, you can actually depend on the Holy Spirit to give you a burden for something. And you can depend on the Holy Spirit to guide you in that burden as to your next steps. And you can depend on the Holy Spirit 
to give you um, an, an action point for the day to come around that purpose. You see, the Holy Spirit is not someone that is a weird character because spirit is in his name and holy, which you're also unfamiliar with. You people in Tamworth in particular, definitely unfamiliar with the word holy. Um, yeah. I'm just letting you know people online, but people in Tamworth are getting sick of me joking about them. So I'm going to joke about you from now on. Okay. Um, so um, the Holy Spirit, we, we can just relax. Okay. You can relax and know, Holy Coleman, the Holy Spirit is actively working on your behalf. And he's actively working in your life and actively speaking to you about what he wants you to do. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16 says this. It says, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And, and I just want that to settle for a moment. Anyone who wonders really if God is for them and wonders really if they are a follower of Jesus, if you made that decision to put your trust in Jesus... His spirit is bearing witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. It's not dependent on your actions right now. You may have had a Barney this morning and you just think, Jesus, I'm never going to make it. I'm not good enough. His spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. And his spirit will quicken to you when things aren't quite right in your life so that you can operate more fully as a child of God. He is not here to condemn you. He's here to convict you and help you to live in the way that he wants you to live. His spirit bears witness with our spirit. I want to um, talk to you and, and I attribute this um, concept to Dan Saunders in Armidale, uh, the concept of resonance. Um, anyone know about resonance? Yeah, I didn't either. Um, so resonance, you can tune your guitar to an external instrument, but if that external instrument is out of tune, then obviously you're tuning your guitar to something that isn't right either you can tune your guitar to an external tuner, an electronic tuner, and, and that's definitely a way to go. But hardcore musicians will tell you that the best way to tune your guitar is to tune it to itself. Um, now, there's probably ins and outs of this that I don't understand, but just stay with me for the concept. That, that you can pluck a string and put your finger on the note of another string and pluck that one, and if they are in perfect tune, then that note will actually ring out and ring true. It's like the concept of striking a chord, it strikes a chord. You would see this in physics if you like, you lost me with your art expressions, bro, and I'm not creative at all. You'd see it in physics where you might flick a glass, don't try this at home, and you hear a ding. If you will raise your voice to that same resonance, then that glass will actually break if you can, if you can raise your voice loud enough because the two together create an amplified sound. Now, the Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirit is like that. It's we get a burden on our heart, but when that comes into alignment with his spirit, all of a sudden it amplifies and is louder and more effective than what it was before. His spirit bearing witness with our spirit. He has this inner compulsion in us. You can expect the spirit's prompting. And as we go through these series, and as you sit with your connect groups, and as you sit around the table and maybe discuss the midweek studies together, and as you go through the daily devotions, I want you to... Keep an eye out for the Spirit's prompting in the stories that you read in the Bible or in the testimonies that you hear from other people. We see in Acts chapter 20, it says, Now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, Paul is saying, and I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. If it doesn't resonate with your spirit, you see Paul here has a resonance. He's like, what started as kind of a thought that maybe this would happen one day is now a compulsion that I can't escape and I can't get away from it. And to do anything less would be disobedience. 
That's how it works, the burden that God places on our heart. The, the, the prompting just gets stronger and stronger, and all of a sudden you're like, I can't, I can't escape this anymore. Now, if someone were to come up to you and give you a word and say, I believe that God is saying this, and nothing about it strikes a chord or rings true, it's what we always talk about. You just take that thing, you put it on a shelf, and you wait to see if there's any confirmation to that. You don't go, oh, okay, I, okay I'll go. You think I'm, you just believe the Lord's telling you I'm going to be the next Prime Minister? All right, I'm going into politics. And someone says to you, federal or state, you're like, <laughs> what's that? And, and no, don't, don't just listen to the word that, like that unless it completely rings true in you. So we're looking for the Spirit's prompting. We're looking for the resonance. We're looking for a sense of it in our lives. And if you love Jesus, you can expect that. It's not for someone else and not for you. It's for everybody. Number two, the other thing you can expect is a certain uncertainty, a certain uncertainty. It says here in Acts 20, it says, um, I don't know what awaits me. I don't know what awaits me. As we think about those examples that we looked at last week with Joseph and the sheaves in the dream bowing down to him. And he's like, I think my family's going to bow down to me, the same number as my brothers. So I think they're all going to bow down to me one day. Oh, now the moon and the stars uh, and the sun are also doing it. So I think mum, dad and my brothers are all going to bow down to me one day. He had no idea of what that would look like. No idea. But he had a certainty that one day it would happen. Moses being told, you're going to walk out of Egypt with all their riches, when he's told that by the, the voice speaking from the bush, he's like, how on earth could that happen? There's no freedom for slaves unless there's an uprising. How can that possibly be the case? He didn't know what, but he just there was a certainty to what was being said to him that he just had to go with. If you think about Esther and the fact that in the citadel of Susa, the edict was pronounced that Jews were going to be killed and that, um, that all their plunder, you could plunder, you could kill on this particular day, you could kill any Jew that you wanted to and you could take everything that they had. Well, Esther, when she's told and gets that burden in her heart and knows that she's going to go to the king and plead for a people, she doesn't know how on earth that edict, which is unoverturnable, you are not allowed to overturn the edict of the king once it's been sealed with his ring. She's like, this cannot possibly happen. She doesn't know that there's going to be another edict created that says that the Jews can fight back. She, she had no idea that that would be the resolution to that situation. And it, she had no idea that many would become Jews, the Bible says, because of what happened. Samuel it gets told that God is about to do a shocking thing in Israel. One, he's never heard the voice of God before. That's his first time. Two, he's a little boy. He's got no idea of how that's going to come about. Nehemiah in the wall, he has no idea that the king of Persia is going to send his riches and support with him to rebuild the wall. He just knows he has to do something about it. As Paul has three days in the dark, wondering what on earth is going to happen with his life after he has that visitation from Jesus on the road of Damascus, he's got no idea of how this will play out. He just knows he has to follow Jesus from now on. So as it's a burden on your heart, if you've got no idea of how on earth this could possibly come to pass, praise God, you're in good company. You're in great company. If you've got the question, how on earth, that is not a new question. It's a great question for you to grab a hold of and go, yay, I might be doing something right here. My dream and my purpose might be big enough because I have nothing of myself to know what to do. It's not a new thought. In fact, expect it. Expect it in your life. Embrace it as your friend. Number two, certain uncertainty. Number one, expect the Spirit's prompting. Number two, expect certain uncertainty. Number three, and finally, 
is building in capacity. Craig Rochelle says this, I will do today to enable me to do tomorrow what I can't do today. Thanks, Pastor Craig. Pastor Daz says this, if you will build capacity, you can position yourself for what's possible with God. Wow, aren't you glad that Daz is our pastor? Phew. I mean, imagine if Craig Rochelle was our pastor. Oh, gee. Man. We'd be grappling with convoluted sentences intermediarily. That's ironic. Okay. <laughs> Building capacity positions us for what is possible with God. Our dream, our burden, our vision for our life requires capacity that we don't have yet. If it doesn't, it could be that we're just dreaming a little bit too small. If we can, with all that we have, figure out a plan and write down and say, this, this, and this, that's all that needs to fall into place and that will easily happen, then maybe we just need to expand our dream a little bit bigger to have a faith factor that says, God, we need you to come through as we build our capacity. Now, there are three steps to building our capacity. And the first is to assess the now with honest humility. Uh, this is a commonly told parable about when you put into Google Maps where you've got to go, unless you know where you are, it can't tell you how to get there. We have to assess the now with honest humility. And this is a bit of a heart search moment. We want to go all the way into this. We don't want to just stay on the surface. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to search us. We want to go all the way in and go, God, as it relates to my heart capacity, am I up for what I think you've got for me? Or, or Lord, if, if I'm ministering, if I've got to speak to these people, or if I've got to help these people, for example, is there a part of me that still hasn't forgiven those people? Is there a part of me that I'm still a bit wounded and a bit hurt and a bit guarded and I'm not even actually willing to give myself to those people? We need to check our heart capacity and ask God to work on that. We need to check our character capacity. Yeah, am I, do I actually have the humility? Do I have the deep roots of humility that will allow me to build to that level? Or could I fall into trouble as soon as my world got a little bit bigger? Lord, Lord don't let me get any bigger that, that my capacity, my character capacity wouldn't allow me to go to. No, Lord, I, I don't want that. Work on my character capacity. What about your skill capacity? We often overrate our skills. I know that that's not true of everybody. I know heaps of people underrate their skills. But honestly, assessing the now with honest humility means that we actually adjust the overrate and the underrate, and we look exactly where we're at. What about our knowledge capacity? When I was talking about the Holy Spirit just now, you're like, yeah, actually, I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And do you need to know about the Holy Spirit in order to do what's next? What about your robustness capacity? A robustness. Do you have the robustness to keep going? And if you're like, as I was talking through those, you're like, my goodness, I've got no capacity. All of those, I was like, I've got so much work to do. Praise God, you've got clear next steps. You've got clear, you're like, oh, I've got my vision, but I really don't know what to do next. You've got clear next steps. You can work on your heart. You can start forgiving people. You can work on your character. You can work on your skill. You can work on your knowledge. You can work on your robustness. You have clear next steps for building capacity. Assess the now with honest humility. Next, steward the now to your fullest ability. Steward the now to your fullest ability. Let's just shoot through those examples. Joseph, in a pit, in Potiphar's house, in prison, and then in the household of Pharaoh. 
He needed every one of those seasons to prepare him for being prime minister of Egypt. And if he had have resented any of those seasons and not learned what he needed to learn, he wouldn't have been fully equipped for where God was taking him. You are where you are now for a purpose, for you to learn something that's going to take you to where God needs you to be. And if we don't learn what we've got to learn in this season, then we maybe got to go around the mountain again and learn it in a different way. Let's be prepared to learn everything about this season. Moses in a basket. Well, he probably didn't learn much in that season. But then he went to, um, you know, the Pharaoh's house and learned what all, how Egypt worked, how the hierarchical structures worked. And then he went out to his father-in-laws and, and shepherded sheep in the wilderness, preparing him for when he would have to shepherd the sheep of Israel in the wilderness as well. We need to steward the season. Esther, we, we could go on and on. Nehemiah, Samuel, Paul, they each had their history that prepared them for the season that they're in. Just right now, identify the position that you have right now. It might be mum, it might be retired, it might be school teacher, it might be pastor. What is the position that you're in right now? How could you steward that to your fullest ability? How could you learn what you need to learn out of that? One of my favourite quotes by someone who I can't remember says that, that the, in order to take up the, our cross and follow Jesus, it, he says, there's crosses enough in every man's forest. There's going to be crosses enough in every man's forest for you to be able to find one and pick up and take it. You don't need to be looking for opportunities. There'll be plenty that come your way. So in the season that you're in, you don't need to be, okay, what have I got to learn? What have I got to learn? You just take day by day, moment by moment, listen to the Spirit's prompting, and you steward the now to your fullest ability. And lastly, take next steps courageously and diligently. What does your next step look like as it relates to capacity? To forgive that person. See, your capacity just opens up massively when you release an offence that you have. You don't realise how much an offence is limiting your capacity until you let it go and walk in the freedom that is given there. You don't realise. Can you take next steps courageously and diligently? And maybe you're like, oh, I just don't know what that would look like. I don't know who I would see about that. I, I, I don't know what that... Find someone trusted who you know is for you and loves you and I would also say godly and ask them, what do you see? What am I not doing? And they'll be able to ask some pivotal questions to help you and you'll be able to take your next steps courageously and diligently. You know, this week in Connect Groups, we're looking at our past experiences because there are three components to this. There's our past experiences and everything we've gone through, the good, the bad and the indifferent has prepared you for now and what God has for you next. Our past experiences, our passions, our spiritual gifts and also our core values and then also another P word, your position. That's right. And, uh, and so identifying that is so important and, and bringing those three things together is so important in pursuing your purpose. So church, when you think about pursuing your purpose, does it just seem like oh, I've tried that? I tried that and I hit upon nothing and, and I just figure I've just got to live in the same reactionary way I've always lived. I've just got to wait for whatever's coming my way, deal with that and move on. Or does something awaken in you of the possibility of living on purpose, of the possibility of living intentionally, of the possibility of waking up feeling like, even though it might be hard, that you're in the centre of God's will? Because that is what our prayer is for you. That you would wake up knowing that your life is 
a vapor, yes, but that every day can be lived meaningfully if we trust it to God. Is that what you want? Anyone? Yeah? Sweet. Good. Well, that's what I'm going to pray for. And firstly, I'm going to pray for people who maybe have never considered the fact that God's created them for a purpose. Who've never, that's never occurred to you before. You've, you've never considered that your life is actually eternal. That there's more than just here and now. And you've never considered for that, before that you can feel secure in your eternity. That you can have an assurance about the next life. And that not only that, because if that's all there was, then that would be a sad way to live here and now. But that Jesus Christ has enabled you to be fully reconciled with God. That the one who created you, you are able to actually have a relationship with. That there's a, there's a God-shaped size hole in you that when God feels that there's a peace that surpasses all understanding that comes into your life. And so I'd love to give you that opportunity. I know we're in a dark room. Uh, but let's close our eyes anyway, just to block out all distractions and to consider the question, am I right with God? Could I say that I am right with God? Could you say in your heart, I am right with God? Could you say in your heart, what Jace talked about with communion, I've applied to my life and I have a peace with God? And if not, are you ready today to make that peace with God? If you are, I'd love to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you come up the front. I'm not even going to ask people to turn around and look at you or anything like that. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Due to COVID, we can't repeat after me, but I can pray for you and you can say amen in your heart and, and that's all that matters. God sees that. So this morning, is anyone ready to be right with God? To say, Jesus, I want to be made right with God. If that's you, would you put up your hand so I can know who I'm praying for? I want to be right with God. I want that assurance. Thank you. That's a great decision. Thank you. Great decision. Anyone else this morning? Yep, I want to, be, I want to know that I'm right with God. Anyone? I don't want to be wondering. Anyone this morning? Thank you. Great decision. I'm just going to cast my eye over this place one more time. You go ahead and put your hand up if that's you. Awesome. Well, Lord, I pray for these people who have decided in their heart they want to follow you, Jesus, that they don't want to go their own way anymore, but they want to follow you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would shore up that decision in them, that you would show them how important that decision is and that it will change the trajectory of their life. Jesus, I pray that what you promised, the Holy Spirit to come, would come right now, Lord. If they've said yes to you, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take up residence in their lives and Lord, that that would be an unfolding understanding of who you are in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for these people. We pray that, Lord, next steps would be made clear to them, that they would find good Christian people to be around and to help them on their journey, Lord. And Lord, we just say thank you so much for the way that you love us and the way that you came and made it possible for us to be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Lord, I just want to pray for every single person who's like, yes, I want to wake up with purpose. I don't want to wake up reacting anymore. I don't want to wake up unsure or, or just getting through life or just waiting until the end. I, I want to wake up with a sense of meaning and, and life. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray that for every single person in this room. I pray that as we 
read your word, Lord, in the daily devotions, as we pray your word in the daily devotions, Lord, as we do the midweek studies and as we hear the messages, Lord, that we would just begin to have that purpose birthed in our hearts and a clarity of mind around our next steps in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.